Nikki Jensen and Brie Picconi, and we're late, late to, to the, the party. party. Hey, hey, how are you, Brie? I'm doing good. How are you, Nick? I'm doing well. I this is our second time in a whole week on the mic. I know. Yeah, we just dropped um, an episode that I'm really kind of I'm proud of the title at least, "The Power of the Dunst." Yes. So I'm proud of that too. It was yeah. a good good name, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> Brushing my shoulders off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How's it been S- since we last talked, which was <laughs> <laughs> like a few minutes ago? No, but um, it's been good. Yeah. Uh, I've been contemplating life a lot, but, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds heavy. Yeah, it's okay. I think it's just like, you know, one of those things. Uh I'm not having a midlife crisis, but, you know, just, self- what is it when you're finding yourself? Growing up. Growing up, yeah. I guess I'm growing up. <laughs> Breeze growing up. Oh, how, how have you been? I've been good. I feel like it's so weird because, and like, I know we're like going into Aries season right now. So it's a lot of like fire energy and a lot of like <gasps> ambitious energy. But like I've noticed so many people just in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. having like setbacks or like retrogradiness. And I'm like, this is very interesting to me. Well, okay. Yeah. What is that about? Because the past, this past weekend for me felt like kind of retrograde because like I, I don't know, just running into snags of sorts of things that I'm trying to do. And just, I'm like, what is... Like, the frustration has been building. I feel massive frustration. Or Um, I don't personally feel frustrated because I think I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can either roll with this mm. or I can get frustrated and then that just begets more frustration. But I've just noticed. That's so weird. So, I don't know. Maybe this Aries season will... We'll make some things happen. I hope so. I feel like a fire. I I didn't. I I know it just yeah. turned airy season. I just didn't put the thing together. I forgot that was like a fire. It's a well. It's a. It's fire. It's fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aries is also like the start of the like astrological new year. Oh well, happy so. astrological new year, everybody! Yeah. <laughs> happy astro new year. Didn't know this podcast turned into that so retrograde. <laughs> I on know. Us. All of a sudden. <laughs> But uh, I'm not drinking like moon juice or anything, though. I know, same. Oh my god, do you remember Moon Juice? I do. No shade to like Moon Juice, the company, but like they're sat like the packets of the powders mm-hmm. taste like dirt. <laughs> Weren't you like hooked on them for a while though? Oh my god, I was really trying to make them happen. Like 2017, Nikki, who was like. Remember when, like, wellness and, like, the goop of it all was, like, at its, like, precipice? Yeah. And, like, you know, I was sipping the matcha Kool-Aid, the moon juice Kool-Aid, um, and I had, you know, little satchels. And they tasted all gross. <laughs> but you committed. And- but I really committed until – because, like, I did, like, a sampler pack. So there's, like, the beauty powder. There's the, uh, I don't know, like, de-stressing one. And I was on board with all of them. They all tasted gross. 
But then the sex dust <laughs> tasted like literal dirt. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, okay. And that's all. That's my review. And I remember, like, reviewing it on Sephora. But then also scrolling down to all the other reviews, and I was not alone. But apparently that's, like, a thing. And I know with, like, a lot of wellness stuff, they don't taste good. Right. I don't know. I'm so torn on the whole wellness thing anyways. But we're going to talk about goop eventually. So I we're know. Gonna, like- I, I really – I'm, like, so tempted to just dive into my thoughts and feelings on it. But you're right. Like, we do have a goop episode coming up. So we, <laughs> we so might like, want to pin in it. Yeah. Which on Goop will be like $300, a $300 Gwyneth Paltrow pen. Exactly. Which I'm not totally against, but I'll I'll save my thought. <laughs> but anything else new this week? I know we, we usually, when we, oh, oh, we are talking about the 2002 Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I know when we do like the Academy Awards segments, we usually talk about Nick Talk. Yeah. You know, what I've been watching on TikTok, get your thoughts. However, I got a shadow banned <laughs> on the Late to the Party TikTok. Nice going. Actually, that's probably my fault because uh, you made a good point. Um, I'm the one that creates the sound bites. <laughs> and for some reason, I just thought everyone would love to hear some explicit words in the sound bites. I thought, you know, hey, let's uh, rile the people up. Let's get people, you know, in, like, let's show them what we're all about. Oh, Even though we're not all about, I don't know. I just I was feeling saucy, I guess. Well, and it was the sweetest thing movie club episode too. So it was it's, like raunchy in nature. Yeah, it's kind of hard to avoid. I thought I thought the best parts were like, you know, some of the raunchiest or fun. I don't know. I agree, Brie. It's not our problem. It's China and TikTok's problem. Exactly. Also, get over I, it. Get over it. Also a Kirsten Dunst film with Cisco in it. Oh, man. Oh, why isn't that on our list, Nick? It should be. Add that to the movie club list. <laughs> okay, that's our homework after this. And we'll put up the sound bites in two weeks when we're not shadow banned on TikTok. Yeah, we'll be back on there. True. But, but ha- my personal TikTok, mm-hmm. I have not been on TikTok lately because I'm trying to limit my screen time. Okay. You know, as like a follower of Goop, it's important to, you know, not be really into uh, social media. Yeah. It's bad for the brain. Sure. I'm into earthing, you know. Yeah. All that jazz. But um, I'm embarrassed about it. What? Why? So, like, I kind of fell down the Taylor Swift oh my rabbit God. hole again. Oh, my God. I going to say this, too. <laughs> I fell down the steps again. I was like, no, please, not again. <laughs> I do have a habit of doing that. But, no, okay. There's a side. Okay. Have you heard of Brie? This, like, theory, this conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift was in a relationship with Carly Kloss. Carly Kloss. Like, that model that kind of looks like her. Like, she they sounds used to very be friends. Familiar. Like, she's like a, she was a Victoria's Secret model, like a supermodel in, like, the early 2010s. They were in a relationship? That's what Swifties are theorizing. What is the evidence? I don't – okay, there is very – okay, so in, like, 2014, Vogue did do a, like, a story on them, Mm -hmm. and they were, like, their love affair, which is very interesting to give, like, just, like, two women celebrities that much, like – like, the whole shoot, they do look like a couple. Um, One of the theories was, like, 
that the song The One is about Carly and like where they went on a trip. I guess the road was like the one, like the number one. I don't know. That's what. And they visited Big Sur and in her like Vogue questions, she was like, Big Sur is the most romantic place. And like. And they went there together? They went there together. They hung. They were inseparable for like a couple years together. And I don't know. This. They they think they're gay for each other, and I don't know. Wow, huh? It's okay. a rabbit hole. <laughs> Interesting. Um, are there pics, or do, should I? Do I need to research this? I mean, there's a lot of pics of them together. Like they were like in love with each other, whether it was like platonic in love or just like in love. I don't know. Also, it's like a crazy thing to be like. It's so speculatory and like invasive. I hate that it's even something that I've I've dipped my toes into. Cause yeah, I mean, are you looking at photos now? I am. What happened with their? It says their friendship. Like what happened? They do kind of have similar vibes though. It's like she's Taylor Swift but taller, and and that's crazy because Taylor Swift's like five ten. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the appeal. They have a fallout. It says a fallout explained. I don't know what website this is, though. I don't know how, how reliable this is. I mean, they'd be a hot couple, though. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, yeah, they're talking about the road trip together. I mean, who's to say? I don't know. It's I just thought, a weird set of TikTok. I thought Taylor Swift was pretty, like, upfront with her relationships, though, right? I mean, I don't necessarily think she, like, goes out of her way to confirm relationships. Mm. I think that's a lot of, like, the press or, like, the media. Gotcha. They just see her oot in a boot and they're like, yeah, this is what's happening with her life. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, who knows? And they could just be friends, and this could be very disrespectful. So I'm sorry, Taylor Swift or Swifties. It's just like something that was recommended to me because I follow Taylor Nation on TikTok. And you went in a whole rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole like thing about Taylor Swift and Diana Agron being in love. Don't get me started on that one. The internet really wants Taylor Swift to be gay. Is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thoughts I- on that, Brie? With your gay agenda. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, I've, you know, I've been a part of a lot of fan clubs, like fan fiction kind of, you know, communities, I will say. And, you know, it's like, like, I remember like when One Direction was big and people were like shipping them together. Uh, like, I don't know. So like, I get it. I think people just want to see, I don't know, attractive people together and, you know, being gay. Gay and hot. And what's wrong with that, you know? Let them dream. <laughs> if that's what you want to believe, fine. I mean, is it true? I don't know. Do you think Larry's true? <laughs> you know, I don't... I didn't think so, but maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know about Harry's sexuality, honestly. I I don't know. But does it even matter? It doesn't matter. No, but I get it. I get the intrigue. I get though. the intrigue. It makes a good story. It's romantic, you know. I think people want to just believe in something. 
That's true. Or like forbidden love or like, um, I don't know. I will say like, I did think about this Taylor Swift conspiracy theory with Carly Kloss. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, it's kind of like unfair for these like assumptions of her being in a relationship with Carly Kloss to be out there. Mm-hmm. But it's also not fair to assume that they are not true because in my mind, Taylor Swift is one way. Mm-hmm. Which is straight. But that's not really fair either. Yeah. You and, don't know. And, you know, in all of her songs, Taylor Swift does have little Easter eggs, does have little references. Mm-hmm. So, like, who knows? Yeah. And I'm here for it either way. Same. I support <laughs> I support Taylor either way. Same. <laughs> Have you been, uh, I don't know, anything in the, in the zeitgeist been intriguing you? Trying to think. Um, honestly, I haven't really kept up a lot because I've been, like, trying to focus on some photography stuff. So I've been kind of, like, I don't know, trying to, I don't know, <laughs> taking photos, whatever. Restarting your business. <laughs> been trying to start a business. Woot, woot. But yeah, it's it's been interesting. It's uh there's been some trial and error and some things I wish I'd known before I ordered a bunch of things for the business, but it's all good. I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know until you know. That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to get in today's into today's episode? I would love to. Let's do this. Yeah. I I've enjoyed being in 2002 for the past couple of weeks. It's so crazy because, okay, we are doing the 2002 Academy Awards, which are – it's the award ceremony for the best in film of 2001. Yep. But, you know, it took place in March 2002. We're still going to be in 2002 technically for a little bit longer, like next episode, I believe. But – Mm-hmm. We are eventually not, but it's been a great no. run. <laughs> you mean we have to leave 2002? I know. 2002 is such a great year. Yeah. I think, like, even with, like, the 2001, you know, like, pictures, which we'll talk about, or, like, performances and, like, and everything, like, I think during, like, this kind of time frame, mm-hmm. things... People were still, and I know, like, there's a Harvey Weinstein campaigning of it all, which is, like, a like an elephant in the room, but they're taking major swings. Like, there's a bunch of, like, this is a year where, like, they introduced the best animated feature. Right. Like, they're, you know, Lord of the Rings is nominated for best picture this year. You know, they, they're really tr- trying some things. Mm-hmm. And, like, the performances, like, that are nominated and, like, the movies are all over the map. Yeah. In 2002, there's, like, so many movies, too, that come out, mm-hmm. which is kind of not – we're talking about 2001 movies, technically, this episode, but 2002 movies kind of run the gamut. Same with 2001. So I think it's fun. Yeah. I agree. I had a lot of fun um, also, like, watching some of the movies and re-watching some. Yeah. Getting in the spirit of it. Oh, yeah. No, we, like – we've seen a lot of movies. Yeah. Recently. But yeah, so um, do you want me to start or yeah. we, you want to take turns? Yeah, or? take it away, Brie. All right. So um, we'll popcorn it. If you get tired, just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> All right, cool. 
So, um, the 74th Academy Awards, uh, the nominees were announced on February 12th, 2002 by Frank Pearson, president of the Academy and actress Marsha Gay Harden. And like you had said already, it took place, uh, on March 24th, 2002. And it was at the Kodak Theater, which that was a newly built theater, right? It was. And hasn't it been the home of the Oscars ever since? Ever since? I think it's the Dolby now, though, right? I Didn't, think so. I don't know. Well, Kodak. Yeah. You know. We know what happened. R.I.P. Even though aren't they coming back? They're Kodak? Coming- yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I got so jazzed. So R.I.P. and then and the opposite of that. But they'll probably still keep them Dolby speakers. That's the round sound. <laughs> probably. Um, actress Whoopi Goldberg hosted the show for the fourth time. And uh, she hosted... The she first hosted the 66th ceremony held in 1994 and had last hosted the 71st ceremony in 1999. So, yeah. Which what do you think of Whoopi Goldberg as a host? Love her. She's the she's the best host. If she could host every Oscars, you know, I just love seeing Whoopi around. I just because I remember like as a kid, she was just everywhere. I swear she was like in everything. And I know I know she's on the view now. But, like, actually, is she? Oh, she's not. Oh, I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. All I know is that one controversy, like, a couple months ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. I should check on her, see what she's doing. Are you okay, Whoopi? (laughs) Is you okay? But, like, um, yeah, I I just think she's great. Like, she just, she's a great comedian, and she has a way with words, and she can really pack a punch with her, um, I don't know. She just knows how to host and put on a show. I agree. I really loved when she hosted the Oscars. Like, I know, like, like it's kind of between her and Billy Crystal when I think of, like, Oscar hosts. But I really love Whoopi because I think, like, she she plays to the audience. Like, she is a celebrity in her own right. Mm-hmm. And she knows, like, the inside baseball stuff. And she's kind of – she's just really – like, as a host, she makes you as, like, the audience member, like, really into it. But also, she's she is playing to the room still, which yeah. I, I love. Because, like, you can tell that the audience is having a good time with her. I just, like, I don't know. I love her energy. <laughs> I do, too. Are we going to talk about her more, like, in a little bit, you think? Or? We can. Okay, cool. Because I have things to say. Cool. <laughs> um. But let's see. Um, what else about the whole shebang? So, Mulholland Drive marked the first time as of 2012 that a film received its sole nomination for Best Director category hmm. with David Lynch. Um, He's interesting. He is. I'm a big David Lynch fan. Really? I love – well, I love Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. That's right. Twin Peaks. I, I was like, what is he – like, I didn't know, like, movie-wise. Because I've seen that one really strange movie. Which one? Eraserhead? Yeah. Okay. What did <laughs> you think of Eraserhead? Really weird, but I liked it because it was, it's like very surrealist, which, you mm-hmm. know, I'm into that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, but it was still like, it left you with a weird feeling, but I, I do love Twin Peaks. Also strange. I like, I don't know. I like his, he creates like weird tensions and I don't know. Lynch is an odd duck and I like love it. Yeah. Um, this was also a really monumental year. 
Um, mm. Holly Berry became the first African-American to win the Best Actress Oscar. And this was the first year the Academy presented an Oscar for Best Animated Feature. <laughs> Which, um... Brie, who won? It was Shrek. I feel like that was, like, a really good follow-up, too. To, like, <laughs> it's a monumental year. Not only did Halle Berry win Best Actress. Oh, man. But Shrek. Let's, let's not forget. You know, I think equality and Shrek actually go hand in hand <laughs> oh you know people are like layer or people are <laughs> 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 we trying to say pe- people are like onions because they have a lot of layers oh boy what i'm trying to say i'm getting emotional okay (laughs) i think holly berry winning the best actress oscar and i think shrek have a lot in common (laughs) i think you know, people are like onions. They have a lot of layers. <laughs> I cannot tell. I cannot tell if you're serious or not because you seem... You're like laughing and crying and... and I've lost it. I've gone off the rails. Oh my god. I think I just accidentally edited our doc. I was laughing too hard. Well... My ears are ringing. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Oh, man. And despite a record length of four hours and 23 minutes, the telecast garnered nearly 42 million viewers in the U.S. Isn't that, like, the longest it has been in, like, a long time? I think so. Even though, like, I feel like uh, the Oscars, like, the Mm ceremony-wise, get longer and longer each year. Right. And I think it's because nowadays people put so much, like... They're like, oh, we're going to find this way and this way. We're going to cut out this category and this category, like, in the telecast to make it shorter. And I feel like all it does is make it longer. Yeah, I don't like that they cut out categories. I don't know if that's a hot take. And also, I don't like... Okay, what was interesting about rewatching clips from, like, the 2002 Oscar ceremony, I didn't hear anyone get rushed off the stage once no music mm-hmm. started playing like nowadays you have 30 seconds and then they're like and they play the music you know what i'm saying like it just feels kind of like maybe it's not as bad maybe they've changed it a little bit but i just remember the last time i fully watched the oscars it was very like get off the stage you're done I feel like you kind of need that now and i feel like that wouldn't happen Like, I agree with you. I think it's super disrespectful to, like, take away categories because it is a celebration of film. That's what the Oscars are supposed to be. Yeah. And a film is so much more than just, like, the stars. They were taking out. I think, sorry, I think they're taking out, like, cinematography and, like, film editing and, like, the set. I don't know. Certain things that, like, I feel like are really important. Dude, my homeboy Roger Deakins. When he wins, which will happen, I want to see it. I want to see Deeks on the screen in the telecast. I want to see those people. Like, 
I don't know who they are, but at least they have, like, it's really beautiful when there's, like, two guys and a gal you don't know for sound editing that, like, worked so hard and spent years of their life making this vision happen. Yeah. To just, like, get that, like, taken out and, like, poo-pooed is so gross to me. But also, like, I feel like some, like, in recent years, you have to, like, rush some people off the stage because especially, like, the big name stars are, like, on their, like, pedestals and they're making, like, weird statements about world things and, like, yeah, they're not, I don't know. So, but do you think, like, okay, like, if Robert Benini, I know we're not on this year right now, but if he were, he did pop up in a statement. I don't know if you have, uh. I have not seen this clip. It was like, I want to say it was after, it was either after someone else's like speech or something. He pops up in a clip and he's talking about the first movie he remembers seeing as a kid and, but he watched it from the other side of the screen. So I don't, I don't know if it was like an outdoor movie or how he watched it, but he was like reading it backwards, but he had had a whole spiel. He just pops up. It was really fun. I love him. That's my man. Yeah. But you know how he talks and he just like goes off and. I don't know. You know his speech that he made when he won. So it's like, that's beautiful. But he was talking about his life and himself. Like, I feel like we know so much about celebrities. And then I will stop this. (laughs) But I just have to say, if we're going to, if we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Like, I think the difference is, like, Roberto Benigni's speech, whether you find him annoying or not, I find him endearing and lovely. Mm -hmm. He's talking about He's thanking the people in his life that helped bring Life is Beautiful to the screen. Yeah. And who influenced him and affected him. And he's being a human on a stage. Mm-hmm. Receiving an award for his hard work and dedication. Um, I feel like now, like in the recent years, when some stars, celebrities, like actors, actresses, get up on that stage mm-hmm. and make these overarching, like, political statements. Mm. It's the most artificial and, like, fake thing. Like, where's, like, they're asking people, they're pleading with people for, like, humanity, but they've kind of almost washed themselves of humanity in a way. Like, mm. when I, you know, they've spent sometimes years and years of their life researching a role and like there's so many people involved and so many people that have supposedly influenced them in their life and they they have this moment mm-hmm. they it's not the time like i know there's a big audience to like get your political statement out there and mm-hmm. in the trump era you know people were taught that's what you're supposed to do but like it's just not as human like i want to hear like you know, Leo DiCaprio for once not talk about climate change. And I want oh. him to thank his mom who's been there forever or Yeah. You know what I mean? His agent. Gosh, anyone. Yeah. Jesus. Also something close to him. When did he start caring about climate change? Forever, apparently, but like in recent years that's where like the speeches go. I don't know, it's weird. Interesting. I get it though. Like I get making a statement. Maybe, you know, say what you need to say, but yeah, I don't know. It's like how this year Amy Schumer, who's like one of the hosts. Have oh. you heard this news story? She's the host? She's one of them. Oh, I I don't think I've heard. She wants to get the president or someone 
I think the president of Ukraine to satellite in at the Oscars. Yeah, because she's like, there'll be a lot of eyeballs on it, which like kill me. Like if that happens, I'm never watching the Oscars wait, again. Wait, I don't wait, care wait, about wait, politics. Wait a second. Why would why would the president of Ukraine be like? What are they going to do? There? Exactly. Are they going to make a statement about the movies they've seen that year? Are I they- hope so. <laughs> if if he is involved in these Oscars, if they have anything political, these Oscars. I want them to talk about their favorite films. Yeah. That is just, that's. Because films break down barriers and like. Right. Make us all equal. So, you know, like I think any like, I I don't know. It's so weird because I understand both arguments, but we're on a tangent. We're on a tangent. It (laughs) riles me up. I'm just glad that this year Denzel Halle Berry won. Yes. And um, Sidney Poitier was given an honored honorary award and i don't know it that this was, year was beautiful i was gonna say that was beautiful like seeing like or well just listening to sydney poitier's speech um just about like paving the way and not having really anyone to guide him like how to you know like he basically created that pathway for like black actors and like i don't know and then seeing denzel kind of following in his footsteps and living his dream that he's always had and i don't know it really like those speeches really will get you um that's that was beautiful i even loved in um denzel's speech how like him and uh sydney poitier from the audience like held up their oscars together they did just, yeah. like as a nod to each other i don't know i thought it was really lovely well apparently they were really good friends for a long like i was reading like i guess they had a friendship because I, I just found this out. I didn't know uh, Sydney Poitier passed away yeah, recently. Well, last year, right? This year. Like 2022 or 2021? I think 22. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. I didn't sure. know it was that recent. I think so. Let me just fact check myself. I do know it was recent, though. I thought, like, maybe in the past six months. It was in January. January 6, 2022. Oh, wow. So, and he was 95. That's a long life that is so awesome but yeah i don't know i just i read this thing where denzel was like i guess he hasn't it hasn't sunken in but he's like yeah we were friends for over 40 years it's like wow it's just cool that is really cool i ship them beautiful yeah friendship them friendship you know no i think i don't know like back in 2002 land like Mm -hmm. i think this this um ceremony was also like post 9/11. Oh yeah. So they did the whole tribute to New York. I think like I remember that time the country was also like really big about coming together. Yeah. Anyways, but I think like I think this Oscar season in general was was just was just really cool. Like the Sydney Poitier and like Denzel and like Holly Berry's speech and just all of that is like really, I don't know. I feel like everyone that won and everyone that was nominated, mm-hmm. like now watching all the films and yeah, getting exposed to all that, it's kind of like they really um, this was like even in like the situations and like movies where it's like not super realistic. There's so much like humanity in each 
Especially Shrek. Performance. Just- <laughs> especially that. Because, you know, layers. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I do agree with you. Yeah. And I, I feel like all the performances were, like, personal. And, like, I don't know, just human to human. It was, it was just lovely. I, I will say. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So. Well. Yeah, they were a lot. <laughs> do you want to talk about the ceremony a bit? Yeah. Okay. So, well, we open up with Whoopi. <laughs> Whoopee. 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 <laughs> Which I loved her opening. Oh my God. That's how you open up the Oscars. Right? She like transcends with the, she comes out on a swing, like Moulin Rouge style. Right? And she's like, come and get me, boys. And she does like a diamonds are a girl's best friend or Oscars are a girl's best friend, whatever she does. Yeah. Oh man. So much pizzazz. And then she she has people helping her off her seat, and she's just strutting with her feathers. Aw, oh, love Whoopi. Oh, my God. You know what was so funny, though? Her, like, opening monologue, she had so many quips. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about the monologue, Brie. Well, I think one of the first things she says when she gets up on the stage is something like, I was, I'm the original sexy beast. <laughs> An Ian McKellen reference. Yeah. And then um, she said in reference to, you know, it being post 9-11 and stuff, she's like, well, you know, we're trying to recover and stuff. But she says, well, okay, this is what she said. She said, we have recovered. Mariah Carey's already making another movie. <laughs> and then she said, security here is tighter than some of the faces. <laughs> oh, I love it. She's cracking me up. But yeah. Oh, yeah, but I guess security was pretty tight. It had to be. I mean... I understand. Yeah. But, yeah, the street outside the theater was blocked off, and fans who traditionally camped out from bleachers um, had to formally apply and undergo background checks, which is kind of commonplace now. Anyways, I feel like we're 20 years out, and... Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Meh. It is what it is. And like I said before, Woody Allen introduces a love letter to New York in the movies, mm-hmm. which is lovely. And, you know, we, we can gloss over that. I, don't, I really don't want to talk about Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's true, though, when he was like, they asked a bunch of other people and they declined? Or is that like supposed to be a self-deprecating joke? Supposed to be self-deprecating. However, I would have loved Scorsese. <gasps> right? when he mentioned like scorsese he's like you should have picked scorsese and i was like oh that would be awesome i know he's doing his woody allen shtick but yes i agree yeah okay i was thinking that too (laughs) oh boy well do you want to talk about some of the lukes let's talk about the lukes so who is best dressed to you any standouts i feel like Hands down, I want to say Holly Berry. With that Ellie Saab, like, number. Which was scandalous at the time, apparently. I I mean, it's... And, and you know what? It's not really as that scandalous compared to a lot of things we've seen. Or, like, in the 90s, too. Like, that's... She's covered. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not... I don't think it's that scandalous. Maybe it's, for... Is it for the event? It's scandalous? Is that one of those things? Like, the Oscars or... I think it's, like clickbait before clickbait like headline bait because like and i know this is the oscars but like this is post um like rose mcgowan wearing that dress where you could see her whole butt 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's so what I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, we've already seen people's butts and nips. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, so what? You know, after the 90s fashion, like, the early 2000s were, were wild, but <sighs> they weren't that wild. <laughs> I feel like Holly Berry's look is really classy and gorgeous. It's timeless. Yeah. I mean, that's always Holly Berry the, tonight. Uh, the Oscars was like, it's always like everyone's best dress when you think of the Oscars or one of them. It's always in the top 10. Mm. So I liked it. I loved it, actually. I loved it, too. Did you have any uh, close seconds? Um, I loved Kate Blan- uh Not Kate, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I do love Kate Blanchett, though. I love Kate Winslet. Yes. That red dress is so, like, iconic Oscars to me. It's the red, like, floor-length gown with, like, like a draped almost like flowers. Yeah, I was going to say roses or something. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Like, she just looks statuesque and, I don't know, lovely. I also really love Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. And she came to the ceremony with her sister, who looks just like her except brunette. <laughs> right? Um, Who else did I love? Oh, you know what? This is a hot take. Okay. I mean, I would say Holly Berry, Nicole Kidman, and Kate Winslet are my best dressed picks. Sure. I love Jennifer Conley. I was going to say that. Okay. I actually like, I don't know, because I do like Nicole Kidman's look and I like Kate Winslet, but I would, I think I might, I would say Halle Berry, Jennifer Conley, and then I'm not sure which one would be third for me. Because I, I just, I don't know, I like the simplistic look that um, Jennifer Conley had. Just, like, the tan, or, like, the neutral dress, and then, like, that scarf. I don't I, know, that long, skinny scarf. I dug the very 2002 skinny scarf. Don't know why. Yeah, and did she have did she have a bun or something, like, a tight updo of sort, like a... Yeah, and, like, her hair was in a middle part. She just looked timeless too like it's modern and timeless it was so interesting yeah what about though faith hill oh that rainbow dress that rainbow dress what was up with that uh, you know what though faith hill talk about a statuesque woman faith hill is beautiful and can pull off almost anything she was trying it with that one though she was really trying <laughs> That's when you know you're really beautiful when you can put on that dress. Yeah, with the confidence. It's like rainbow layers, like almost pastel-y rainbow, and it's like feathery. Yeah, it's like a really weird texture. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But it was definitely a standout to me. I don't know if it was like in a good way, but I love Faith Hill. So I love that she just kind of went for it, you know? She did. Oh, and she was nominated for... For best song for Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Which is like one of the only songs from this uh this um this year that I knew beforehand. <laughs> I I didn't realize that was like from a movie either. I don't know. I just love Faith Hill. Same. Bring her back. <laughs> Bring her back. Um who knows? Maybe she hasn't left. I don't know. Faith Hill, where are you at? <laughs> uh Worst dress, not to go all fashion police. Or, uh, probably Faith Hill. Faith Hill, <laughs> or oh. yeah, unfortunately, or, 
or Ooh. like best worst you know what i mean like oh best safe worst hell dressed. yeah and um are we gonna say the same worst dressed because kirsten dunce no oh uh, i was gonna go with cameron diaz okay you know what cameron can we talk about the cameron diaz of it all yeah cameron diaz looks gorgeous from the waist up yeah if but also it's like super iconic like i remember her always being in star magazine wearing that outfit because it has like it's like floral and like boho but there's like Is accessories it a it's like a kimono looking dress and then it has like turquoise accessories mm. it's always on the like worst dress especially for that year i remember seeing that a lot as a kid <laughs> she looks so gorgeous from the waist up though agreed no my worst dress was Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, oh, uh, okay. Is it the eyeliner and the mesh? Is it the top? It's is the it top? Like Gwyneth Paltrow can do no wrong in my book. Yeah. Um. Really. Like I love that she sells vagina candles. I love that. Like it's she's promoting pseudoscience. I love that she's a nepotism. I love Gwyneth Paltrow. Like even her bad things, I love. Yeah. Um. That look is something I cannot get behind. It's like mesh on the top. Yeah. Oh. I just think it's because her boobs don't even look good in it. Okay. You know, I forgot to mention another best dressed. Yeah. Um, that I think we glossed over. Sandra Bullock. Can I see a pic, please? I mean, it's a little bit like, like upon closer inspection, I think those are giant sequins. <laughs> I'm into it. I mean, Sandra Bullock's gorgeous, though. Right? She just, she does. I love her. She looks amazing. It's it's simple and it's elegant and yeah. It's I'm like still it. 2000s. You know what I mean? I love it. She I, looks like she's going to prom a little bit, but in the best way. Everyone kind of does though. <laughs> like look at Reese Witherspoon. Like she does, but I think she looks really cute. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon is very cute with Ryan Phillippe. She does. I think she's also trying to be in Moulin Rouge a little bit, which I love. She, yeah, she looks like that mixed with, like, it does look like something, like, Judy Dench would wear. Mm. I know what you're saying. I was trying to pull up, um, Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, I I, I know what you're saying, though. What, what was she wearing on the bottom? Just a skirt? It's just a skirt, I believe, like a black skirt. Huh. Well. It's just the torso of it all. Yeah. I understand. So, it was a, a no for me, dog. Okay. <laughs> ah, Want to get into the categories and give our thoughts? I would love to. So I guess let's start with best picture. Um, so the nominees were A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park, In the Bedroom, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. That's all one title. <laughs> In case you didn't know. I'm sure everyone knows, but I don't know. I'm sure. I'm not like that big on lord of the rings so if i didn't know i might be like ah. anyway <laughs> moulin rouge exclamation point which can we just say um when we do the academy award podcasts we try to watch every best picture nominated film mm -hmm. and both of us said hell no to watching lord of the rings yeah no, I mean, I've already seen, like, at least an hour of it in French in, like, when I was, like, seven, and that was enough for me. I'm, it's just not my cup of tea. 
I'm not, you can't pay me money to watch Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. I, I've tried to watch this film and it makes me fall asleep every time. It's just not my thing. And I know people love the Lord of the Rings and I respect it, mm-hmm. but I respectfully decline. I would just like to be excluded from that narrative. <laughs> okay. But A Beautiful Mind won this year. Yeah. Which thoughts on that? I don't know. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah. I, I'm not mad at it. I I know this year a lot of people are like, Gosford Park should have won. Um, and it's a Robert Altman film, and I think I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, I really didn't want to like A Beautiful Mind as much as I did. I didn't think I was going to. I, yeah. I think that the film is, I, you know, okay. I think the score is overhanded, and mm-hmm. that's my biggest criticism with the film. Yeah. But I think the performances out of Russell Crowe, but more importantly, Jennifer Conley, mm-hmm. like, fantastic. Yeah. I, I really, I really, we watched it, like, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't forgotten about this film. I loved it. Same. No, I can remember it very clearly. It's It stood out, and I, I really liked, I mean, the acting was great. I also just liked the style of it. Like, I loved how when, um, you know, Russell Crowe's character, um, what's his name? It's based on a real man. Um, Something Nash. Is John, John Nash? I think so. Yeah. That almost seems too simple, but I I'm, know. I'm pretty sure. I think sure. it is John Nash. <laughs> I think it is, too. But, um, like, when he has episodes and he sees the world in a different, it's almost like a more golden tone. Like, it just... I don't know. It was just so cool the way that they um, showed us how this man's mind was working in a way. But it was kind of, I feel like it was sort of subtle. Like, if you weren't paying too much attention, you might miss it. You know what I mean? Like, blurring the lines of, like, what is reality and what's not. Like, it kind of, I feel like you're kind of questioning it, too, for a while there. You don't know. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I really, I do think this is, like, an actor's film. And I feel like the whole film working heavily relies on Russell Crowe and Jennifer Conley Mm -hmm. and just every and even every other actor but like most importantly them yeah and their commitment and their like conviction is really awesome like I'm I I get it I know like A Beautiful Mind is kind of it's kind of regarded as um like a very like overrated film Mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed it I did, too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's overrated, but was it at the time or just, like, in general, like, people look back and they're like... I think it has to do with... Okay. I think people, because it was directed by Ron Howard, Mm -hmm. I think people have, like, a weird bias against Ron Howard as a director. Why? Like, I don't know that much about him. So, like, enlighten me. Like, what is it about him? I think it's the whole, like... Like, he just reminds me of, like, a, a director very similar to, um, like, a Jerry Bruckheimer in a way, or, like, a, um, what's his name? Like, a Robert Zemeckis. Mm. Or, like, more like Robert Zemeckis, where they have, like, a really great film, but then they do a lot of, like, Disney movies are, like, too wholesome or too, you know, playing by the books and tugging on your heartstrings. Okay. I think that's why 
people's perception of Ron Howard as wonky, which I don't think is wrong. Like, I don't think he deserved to win Best Picture for a Beautiful Mind as a direct, like, or Best Director. Not Best Picture. I think that was well-deserved. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Ron Howard should have gotten Best Director. Hmm. But I think people, like, think about the Ron Howard of it all. Mm-hmm. And then I think the score. I really think, like, when you watch this film, the moments when it's, like, goes into schmaltz is because you do have that, like, Harry Pottery score underneath it. Oh, okay. Where it's, like, trying to trick you into thinking a certain way. And I think these two actors' performances stand on their own. Like, they don't need that. I, You know what? Yeah. I agree. They don't. Yeah. I don't know. Their performances are so strong. You really don't need the music to to do much. Yeah. It's almost manipulative in a way. But I know we'll talk about, like, score later. But, yeah. Yeah. Any other best picture films you want to talk about? I know I want to talk about Moulin Rouge. Oh, I was going to say... I was going to say In the Bedroom seemed pretty good. <laughs> like, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I want to, like... I kind of want to watch it now. I... I think in the bedroom, it's like in every category, right? The or in almost every category. Let me look. But like a lot of the actors got nominated for in the bedroom. They did. I think it is. I, yeah, I know it was Marissa Tomei, Tomei um, a sissy Spacek. Mm-hmm. I I do think in the bedrooms also like a a case about. Well, they're very raw performances, mm-hmm. especially Sissy Spacek and Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Um, I do think it's like an actress film. That's like interesting about this year, too. It's like every movie I watched, I was like, oh, the actors are great. I don't know about this film, but like the actors are so great. Yeah. Um. Well, what did you want to say about Moulin Rouge? Oh, I just remember this being like the biggest movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about Baz Luhrmann films in general? I like him. I mean, I, I'm i trying to think what I've seen other than, like, Great Gatsby, though, you uh, know? Like, Romeo and Juliet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, then, yeah. I've I've enjoyed all the films I've seen. I will say, though, like, Moulin Rouge, like, rewatching it, because, like, my memory of it at the time was, like, my mind was blown, and I was like, wow, this is so artsy. This is so, like... I don't know. I think rewatching it now in the context of this was a best picture nomination kind of maybe took away some joy of it for me because I'm looking at it so critically. Like, I feel like when we do these, I, I know we probably shouldn't be too critical, That's but true. <laughs> we're like Siskel and Eber over here. Like, we're like very serious. I know this podcast, we just like goof off all the time and talk about like dumb rom-coms. But when we do these Oscar films, we are really like, like dead serious. <laughs> Like, we work for the Chicago Tribune in our heads. We do. Yeah, I don't know why I feel that way, but, like, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't the same way that I remembered it. Like, it was almost, like, I don't know what the right word is. Just not not as, like, I don't want to say fancy. I don't know how to describe it, but, like. It's campy for it's, sure. Yeah, it's it's a lot more. I knew it was campy, but I just I feel like it's ten times more campy than my memory allowed. In my mind, it was way more like great, great Gatsby, which I feel like is not really campy. It's more like um, it's glamorous, but it's also kind of it's a little dramatic and stuff. But it's not as super like fantasy. Like I feel like Moulin Rouge is like a 
It's almost like you're having a dream. Yes. Like the way it's cut into pieces as well, like the way it's stitched together and then the colors and the atmosphere and how there's, you know, some things are kind of fuzzier in the distance and the moon has a face in it and like a, a singing man, you know, like things like that. Like it's very dreamlike, but I do like that. I just, I think in my mind, I don't remember a lot of those elements. I just remember it being like Nicole Kidman. I remember that. I remember Lady Marmalade. <laughs> it's a bop. Yeah. Anyway, what were, what were your thoughts on you? it? You know, we watched it together. Mm-hmm. I I like live for critical brie. <laughs> like the whole time, I knew you were like not pleased with this film. Uh huh. And I was like, so I was like, yeah, get it, brie. <laughs> not like something. I was like here for that. But and I, you know, honestly, like last time I saw Moulin Rouge was as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember being very captivated by it. I mean, I own it on DVD. We watched it from like the 2002 or 2001 copy of my DVD. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like as like captivated this this time viewing it, but I have thought about it a lot. Okay. I think this is a beautiful film. I think like going into that dream world I think is very cool. Um I I loved Baz Luhrmann's vision of the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And I think like there's a lot of elements that I really loved and I think I would have been gobsmacked in 2001 if I watched this film as an adult. Okay. With this eye. You know, I just think time has passed and and, you know, some things like Moulin Rouge, like, that was such, like, a cultural moment back in 2001. Mm-hmm. I just think I am, like, summing it up to, like, a time has passed issue because I do think it was, like, stunning. Yeah. And I think that I wasn't, like, a huge, like, Nicole Kidman is, like, one of my favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, blown away by her performance initially. Okay. But I thought about it a little more, and I think, like, this is another case where this movie works because of Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. Mm. And I think they are so in it, and they are so human in these roles. Yeah. And the world is so fanciful and unhuman and just grandiose and glamorous and... I think, like, it really takes two actors on that caliber to pull it off. So, yeah. I've kind of turned around on Moulin Rouge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Like, yeah, she is fully in it. I think Everyone another is. actress, though, couldn't. Not a lot of actresses could play. I want to call her Saltine. Saltine. <laughs> Sab- Sabine? Is it? Or Sal- Saldi? Saltine. You're right. Saltine. <laughs> I th- uh, is it Celine? Um, it's Satine. Satine. Oh my god. Saltine? The wow. way she plays Saltine though. <laughs> I I just don't think a lot of people could could really pull off because I think they could just play her one note as like the lady that goes, <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. does all the really like frilly, like over the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
I feel like in the beginning of the movie, she is kind of like that, and it's more on the surface, but then the more the movie goes on, the more layers. Like, just to go back to your onion analogy, Nick. Like an onion donkey. <laughs> yeah. We peel back the layers and see there's more underneath, so. I also want to say, just a quick note, when, <laughs> I don't remember this moment, but rewatching it, the moment that man sings Roxanne. Yes, that was how you sang Roxanne that one night at karaoke. It was. I felt seen and I felt like, did anyone give that man an Oscar? I don't know. Just for that one song. like, Or uh, what do they do when you sing? Is it like a... A Grammy? A Grammy, yeah. I feel like they should give have him a Grammy. given him an honorary award. It's Sidney Poitier and then... The guy that sings Roxanne from Moulin Rouge. Yeah, he was like, Roxanne! He was like, really like, he was like, Roxanne! <laughs> oh, anyway, I just had to shout him out. <laughs> it's your spirit animal. Yeah, I would watch the movie again just for that moment. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I think it just, I don't know if it was his best picture, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the art direction of it. Yeah. yeah. The costume slapped. The costumes really slapped. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh. And you want to go to Best Director? Yeah, let's take it to the Best Director. So we have the winner was Ron Howard for A Beautiful Mind. Um, and then the other nominees were Ridley Scott for Black Hawk Down, Robert Altman, Gosford Park, Peter Jackson, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and David Lynch for Mulholland Drive. There we are. So, Nikki, you were saying you don't think Ron Howard should have gotten the Best Director uh, Award? That's correct. And, but you think A Beautiful Mind deserves Best Picture? Yes. Because I think it's an actor's film. I don't think, even Ron Howard in his speech says it's an actor's film. I don't think, mm. I mean, Ron Howard obviously, like, got those performances out of those actors, so I'm not going to diminish that, but I think, like, this lineup of directors yeah is like top tier well oh just like legends across the board i was just gonna ask like who do you think should have won i think either robert altman Mm -hmm. or i think david lynch i think for robert altman it's like a long time coming situation He's like a different dude. I, I think for David Lynch, mm-hmm. he's also just like made a mark on cinema. And I think like, I think with Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm. that was the movie for him to get an Oscar. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I know that movie kind of shifted, shifted film in, in a way. Like people regard that movie like, with such esteem. Oh, for real? Yeah, I mean, it's Criterion. Baby, I mean, so is Armageddon, but you know. Oh, dang. <laughs> but uh, not to take it down that much of a peg, but but yeah. No, and I think the way David Lynch tells a story is very fascinating. And I think in this in this year, it I think all the directors except Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. We're trying something new. Well, maybe Ridley Scott. Too. But you know, Ridley Scott doesn't do like films like Black Hawk Down anyways. I feel like every other director is really like going out on a limb and putting themselves out there. And I feel like Ron Howard is like so cookie cutter. 
Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I get what you're saying. What about you? Who do you think should have gotten best director? Well, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Um, I get what you're saying about David Lynch, though. I I was going to say, like, what about Baz Luhrmann, though? Like, do you think anyone should have been included on this list that wasn't? Or do you, are you like, like, you know, the argument, like, if you have a best picture, shouldn't the director also be nominated? Or like, do you feel that way? I feel that way. But I also feel like, no, I you know, I don't think it's fair. Like, I know, didn't Whoopi Goldberg in her, like, opening monologue even make a statement about, or something about, like, the direct, like, Baz Luhrmann and not getting nominated for Moulin Rouge? Someone did. So, yeah. Um. But, no, I get that argument, for sure. Well, just because his, at, at least I feel like Moulin Rouge is really, that one... Is a, a director, director-heavy film? If, I don't know. I mean, that's... Right? That's all from Boslerman's noodle. Yeah. The whole world. <laughs> it's from his noodle. I feel like he maybe should have got a nomination. Even though I'm like, I don't know if it was Best Picture, but still, just the, the vision and concept. I don't know. I, I feel like that's the whole Oscars of it all, though. I feel like... I feel like... If we were really, like, being like, what are the best films of this year? Mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge would be out. Mulholland Drive would be in. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Moulin Rouge is a best picture. I just think because it was a popular film. Yeah. And, like, the cultural impact of Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. I think this was, like, the Oscars way of... You know, like, dabbling with a new audience, a new type of film. Like, this wasn't released in the fall. This was, like, a May release. Okay. It was, like, a big popular thing with the soundtrack and the spectacle of it all. The soundtrack was the big deal, I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like this was, like, an Oscar ploy, and I feel like that's why the Academy didn't nominate Baz Luhrmann. But you, that's just my theory. You mean like it was something personal or no. like it was – I think it's like that snobbish undertone that people criticize the Oscars with maybe. Oh, like it's not good enough to be up yeah. there because it's – okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Which is unfair to Boz Lerman because yeah. you're right. I just feel like he maybe should be up there for the direction of it all. But um, I agree. But I, I don't know. David Lynch, I think he would deserve it as well just because – Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's he's really great. To be honest, though, I maybe, you know, if I was the Academy in 2002, 2001, mm-hmm. Black Hawk Down is not your girl. Just give Baz Luhrmann the nomination for Moulin Rouge. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Make him feel included. <laughs> Because I think you're bad at him. Yeah. Well, I know we'll get to other things, but I know everyone else, like, from that film got nominated. (laughs) Except for, he was, like, the director, but, uh, like, the actors. Well, Nicole Kidman and the costume designer. Like, I I don't know. Everyone else is working on the film, basically, but him, I feel. so. But his wife got a costume design, so. I know. That's a a win. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win for Boz Lerman and co. (laughs) Lerman. Lerman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh boy. Uh, 
Well. And then best actor. Yeah. So we've got Denzel Washington. He won. And uh, for Training Day as Alonzo Harris. And the other nominees were Russell Crowe for A Beautiful Mind as John Forbes Nash Jr. Sean Penn, I Am Sam as Sam Dawson. Uh, Will Smith, Ali as Muhammad Ali. And Tom Wilkinson in the bedroom as Dr. Matthew Fowler. Huh. Thoughts. So, well, wait. Tom Wilkinson, he's the one that played the dad, right? Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I... I'm not, I don't think he maybe, uh, I think Denzel deserved to win. But I would say, like, um, as a second, maybe the, the dad, I don't know. I think seeing the dad cry, I was like, wow, he's, he's really acting. Like, he's, I don't know. Him and Sissy Spacek really put it out there. So good. Like, any actors that just want to, like, I don't know. I'm always, I love good performances where like they tap into something and like every actor from in the bedroom is like tapping into that, like, like there's something grief to, yeah. to whatever this, whatever the human condition is. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but, um, but yeah, but this is like Denzel's. This is his time to shine. Yeah. Um, what did you think of training day? Or more importantly, what did you think of Denzel's performance in Training Day? It was really good. I mean, he kind of scared me a little. <laughs> or like, you know, like the character he plays is kind of like, it's a little sketchy because he seems a little on the edge of, I guess, like, is he doing the right thing? The wrong, you know what I mean? Like when the movie starts. Also, I got to say this movie, I kept forgetting it was one day. I thought it was like a whole week because so much happens in training this month. month. <laughs> yeah, it felt like training month. Um. But yeah, I kind of forgot it was Denzel, and I just thought it was, like, this character. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he really, when he plays these characters, I feel like he can do so much. Like, I've seen him in so many movies, and we know, I mean, now, like, he's so, like, established as an actor and stuff, and everyone loves Denzel. But, like, I think at the time, this is, like, his, this is, like, a big moment. I mean, it's a big moment because he's also had great performances all throughout the 90s. Yeah. And then this is, like, another one for Denzel. Like, he's on, like, a career high. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't stopped, though. Like, No, he never stopped. He's great in everything. He's GOAT, to be honest. He is GOAT. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not surprised yeah. that he won. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, he's GOAT. I mean, all the Oscars for Denzel, let's be honest. I honestly, this, it kind of surprised me that he didn't have, like, any Oscars before this. Wait, he didn't? He didn't win for Malcolm X or anything? Mm. I don't know. Maybe he was nominated for something, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm like... Let's let's look. Yeah, let's, I know. I'm like now. I need to know. I just feel like he deserves all the awards. He's probably had more by now, though. I would hope. At least nominations for sure. I mean, I know a couple years ago he was nominated for Fences. Mm. Um. Let's see. Um. It says in 1990, best supporting actor in the movie Glory. Best. Oh. 1993, he was a nominee for Best Actor. You're right, in Malcolm X. 
Oh, dang. 1988, he was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor. So, yeah, he's been on the radar. Yeah, no, I, I believe this, like, the 2002 Academy Awards, he was, like, already, like, established as the dude. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. So this is just like another addition. And I think that's why it's so like the Sidney Poitier thing, because he is like the Sidney Poitier of his time. Yeah, for sure. So I think that was more it. But but I think like my opinion's a training day. Yeah. What are your opinions? So like the whole time I was watching training day because I hadn't seen it before this week. The whole time I was like, Training Day reminds me of like an installment of Fast and Furious. But the director of Training Day did direct the first Fast and the Furious, so I'm not crazy. But I was like, oh, this is an interesting film to get any Oscars recognition. Mm -hmm. This is another example, I sound like a broken record, of like actors just putting in the work yeah and making something that's good oscar worthy like as far as performances like i really think denzel elevated this movie l like he just took it to another level yeah and i um i was gonna say i heard that like you know that ending when his character gets like gunned down at the very end Mm -hmm. i don't think they were gonna end it that way i think they were gonna end it like like his like the rookie cop guy or whatever takes the money and he leaves and he's just I think Denzel's still in the bedroom or something. Like he's like I don't know. Huh. I don't know if it just fades to black or what, but basically we don't see what happens to him. He doesn't get gunned up. But he's like, No, he needs that ending. That character like deserves it or something. Which is really interesting. Like if you're like an actor and you're playing like a character that's like I guess like the bad guy. And you want to see them suffer. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a little meta or something. I don't know. It was really cool. But, but it's I, also cool that he, like, is, like, no, this character deserves, like, a closure in a way. Yeah. Or something. Like, I, I Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, Denzel's great. I, uh, as far as the other nominations... I agree with you about Tom Wilkinson for In the Bedroom. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think all those actors were fabulous. And I think it's far, like, like underrated. I think more people need to, like, pay close attention to the performances in that film. Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe was really great in A Beautiful Mind. I thought so. I really enjoyed him. Um, I haven't seen I Am Sam in a really long time. Mm. That one's a little bit of, like, a, like a, eh, really? Sean Penn for I Am Sam. All right, though. Um, Will Smith Ali, which I have. I've I, never seen Ali. I don't think I have either, but I kind of want to because I love Will Smith and I'm just curious to see, you know, what he does with the role. So I'd watch it. I'm curious. Yeah. What about Best Actress? This is kind of the one. Yes. I mean, every year, Best Actor and Best Actress or, you know, whatever. But this is a special year, so. So, Holly Berry wins, obviously, for Monsters Ball. Yep. Um, probably one of the most iconic Oscar wins in the last two decades. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It actually is. Like, I feel like everything from her speech to just the win in general. Um, 
when you think of the Oscars, I think this is one of the things a lot of people think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But Judi Dench for Iris was also nominated. Nicole Kidman for Moulin Rouge. Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom. And surprisingly, (laughs) Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones's Diary. That one? Okay, that really She's great. She is great. But I just, I would have never guessed, you know? Because that's a big category. Like, that's, I don't know. This year they were trying something. I swear the Academy was really trying to, like, leave no stone unturned, kind of include everyone, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's cool. No. I don't know. I mean, I remember watching Bridget Jones' Diary as a kid, but I don't remember, like, you know, kid brain can judge things differently than adult brain. So I'm like, oh, was it really... Is it Oscar? I know it was good. It was a good story and you feel for her and stuff and you read it. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I think this is also like at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, like besides like a Julia Roberts pretty woman situation, which was 10 years ago at this point in 2002, 2001. Mm-hmm. But like Bridget Jones, I do remember from that time people being like, I can't believe it was so good. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the sentiments. Or like, I can't believe Renee Zellweger gained all this weight and was so good. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Maybe it was a thing of its time that's like hard to grasp now. But Renee Zellweger is always good. Hmm. I love her as an no, actress. I do too, honestly. I yeah. even loved her in Empire Records. Like she, no skips with that woman. Agreed. But, um, but yeah, I feel like. Okay, Sissy Spacek slayed mm-hmm. and in the bedroom. Um, we've kind of talked about Nicole Kidman. Haven't seen Judy Dench and Iris. But let's just talk about it. Let's talk about Holly Berry. Yeah. I mean, her performance is pretty raw. It's like she has to go through a, a lot of, I feel like, a really big range of emotions in this one film. And it's kind of a lot. <laughs> Like, I feel like her character goes through so much. Like, first we see her husband executed, and then she loses her kid. You know what I mean? She loses her house. She loses almost everything. And gets involved with a man who's, like, racist. And there's that. I don't know. This kind of... Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Or at least his... Fa- you know what I mean? Like, he comes from a family of racists. So it's like, yeah. how do you, how is he not? Or like, you know what I mean? He definitely comes off that way to everyone except to her for some reason. He's like racist towards everyone in the film except for her. So. Well, I would say that he's he's generationally racist. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think maybe that's him in his heart. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's like something that's expected of him, like passed down from his dad. Because of his cranky like dad. down to his son. But I think once, spoiler alert, his son kills himself. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of things that happen. I enjoyed Billy Bob Thornton's performance in Monsters Ball, to be honest. I did too. Um, I think Monsters Ball, the film is, is on it. It's on the nose mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think like the character of Letitia. Musgrove is a little on the nose and very, like, 
stereotypical black woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like. I'm a little torn, but I think Holly Berry in that movie, you can't take your eyes off of her. Yeah, and she's so in it, and and I would never take anything like away from her that performance. So yeah, yeah, it's just like an iconic win. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I know. No, I'm just like thinking about it. No, she um, it was a very strong performance. She deserved it for sure. I don't know. It was a good movie. It was it was kind of a depressing movie though. I thought. Yeah, it was. I didn't really know how to feel about it after. <laughs> I was like, is this a happy ending? It's kinda like it's just it's just kinda tragic. Anyway. It's like a it's like um a, a neutral ending, I suppose. Yeah. It's like certain things cancel out, I guess. I don't know how I to guess so. I don't know. Um well but Halle Berry was great. I know. Halle Berry was great. Did we talk about Best Supporting Actress? Yes. Not actor. Just actress. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything to say about any of them. About actors. Do you have anything to say about Best Supporting Actors? Well, I just want to say it's interesting that Jim Broadbent Fellow was like, when I saw him on the list, I was like, wait, for Moulin Rouge? <laughs> and then I realized it's for the Iris movie, which I, I haven't seen, but I... um. <laughs> I think he was in, like, three different films that year, which is so interesting to me. That was this Jim Broadbent's fellow's year. That was his year. <laughs> so good for him. Good for him. Um, I I enjoyed Ethan Hawke. Blah, blah, words. Um, I enjoyed Ethan Hawke in Training Day. Oh, yeah. I thought he was good. Um, always loved Ben Kingsley. Ian McKellen, though. Do you think he was McKillen it <laughs> as Gandalf? Is that like you know? Is that why Lord of the Rings is so successful? Is it just because Ian of McKellen? Ian McKellen? Yeah, probably. It's what I'd like. To, I mean, I know other people worked really hard on the film, but I just want to say it was probably for me. Like, if you Ian were to McKellen. get me to watch, yeah, I feel like Ian McKellen. Like, even in the X Men movies, though, he's like a solid rock. He's good. He's a tried and true. If you have him in your film, it's yeah. gonna something's gonna be good in it. Definitely. And then uh, everyone's favorite, or as I like to know him, the man from Holes, <laughs> Angelina Jolie's dad, John Voight, was nominated for Ollie. Oh, yeah. Like, I totally, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, the guy from Holes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I forgot he's Angelina Jolie's dad. Yeah. That's, um, that, I'm mind blown. I mean, that's what he should get an Oscar nomination for, is <laughs> just having a great daughter, but, you know. They don't have that award? I guess they don't. I guess that would be very weird. <laughs> yeah. It's not even... Well, I don't know. It's not really fair either. <laughs> oh, but, boy. And then uh, Jennifer Conley went for Best Supporting Actress for um, A Beautiful Mind. Um, Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith were nominated for Gosford Park. Uh, Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom and Kate Winslet for Iris. Which... I actually have things to say about this category. Unlike Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jennifer Conley is the reason why Beautiful Mind is so good. She is, like, I know Russell Crowe does a good job, but Jennifer Conley is the glue. Like, sh- her performance in A Beautiful Mind, to me, will, like, stick with me. And, like, I, like, love that. Yeah. I, I just love her in it. I think she's... She found, like, the compassion and just, like, 
again, the humanity mm-hmm. in this person. And and it's complex and you can see it in her eyes and you can see the gears turning and and it doesn't rely on tropes as yeah. much as like as much as I thought going into seeing a beautiful mind, to be honest, because I do have that Ron Howard bias. Gotcha. I don't know. I just I love Jennifer Conley in it. I know what you mean. Like her eyes are very expressive. You can see her like like her react like her subtle um choices really tell you a lot well she is this person yeah and her husband really is going through like schizophrenia and like paranoia and yeah and she's having to live through it yeah i know that's that's gotta be tough yeah yeah i know it's like a fi- i know it's like based on a real story i'm sure they took their liberties and stuff but like yeah seeing her perform like as that character was like I don't know. You could feel for her. Yeah, no, and I loved her win. I loved her speech. I loved how, like, elegant she is. She's just, like, a little movie star to me. I love it. She is. And she looks great. <laughs> she does. Big Jennifer Conley fan. Yeah. Well, you know who else looked great? And who else I want to talk about? Because I think if Jennifer Conley didn't win, who should have won? Marissa Tomei. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. No, she was really – I love Marissa Tomei. You know this. I, I do, too. I know. We're both stands. <laughs> uh, Marissa Tomei, I think, like, I thought she watched her abusive husband get murdered. Like, I was, like, convinced, like, in her performance. Mm. I don't know. I think that's another one, like, very similar to Jennifer Conley. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she's so underrated. Like, or people just put her in box, like a box of this is the kind of movie she can do. I don't know. I think she's just so. I mean, maybe not now, but she's done so many films too. I think like across the board. Yeah, like she's done really like like I know in the early two thousands, like she did all these like funny, yeah, weird sex comedies or like weird comedy. Like she's in like some really like like indie like weird she's probably trying just trying to get paid you know (laughs) she's just making that coin and then she was on may yeah just looking great but uh i don't know yeah i really enjoyed her performance and i think i think like this is also like a time in her career where i know like she got a lot of flack for winning for my cousin Vinny Mm because they were like well she didn't really deserve it quote unquote so i think i think this performance in the, it's really rude the disrespect but i think this performance in in the bedroom really does kind of like it is that affirmation that like marissa tome is she's very is an oscar winning actress i was just gonna say she's very unhinged i feel like a lot of we see a lot of unhinged women in this like in these films all together like in um well, in the bedroom, I feel like she's unhinged. So was this East Basic at times? Holly Berry's unhinged in uh, in uh, Monsters Ball. Monsters Ball. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to say Monsters Park or something. Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Um, I don't know, and I love that. I love the unhingedness. I do too. But um. 
What else? What other category should we talk about? Animated feature film. <laughs> How much time do we have? We have all the time in the world. But also, like, hit it, Brie. Let's talk about the first ever winner for Best Animated Film at the Academy Awards. Okay, well, Shrek won, as as it should. <laughs> and the other nominees were Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Monsters, Inc., which... I didn't realize all those films came out like around the same time or in the same year, you know? I did, but I didn't. I don't know when when you're when our like when I was a kid, years. Like timing was different. Right. But so but what do you think about this whole best animated feature film category? Cuz I think before you said you weren't really here for it. I thought, or there was another, maybe it was a different category that, oh, I wasn't here for, they used to break up the scores. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Never mind. Okay. Sorry. Didn't mean to put words no, in No, it's mouth. okay. I do have a bone to pick though with the nominees this year. What is your bone? Okay. I understand Shrek. Shrek is great. Right? And I'm not just being like, you know, I'm not just joking. Because Shrek's a meme. I could tell because you got really teary-eyed talking about Shrek. So It's because I laughed so hard. But also, I do think Shrek is beautiful. Yeah. Like, like he is beautiful, like, as a person? Like, as an ogre? Or, like, the movie is beautiful? Both. <laughs> I'm actually one of those... Um, People that like to dress up as Shrek. The Shrekies? The Shrekies, yeah. Wow. Coming out now. I support you, Nick. Oh, my God. My boyfriend, he sent me a couple days ago. There's a shirt, and in, like, Shrek font, it says slut, and I want it so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it the S with the ears? Yes. Like, the ogre ears? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Loved it. That's amazing. Um, Outfit staple. Yeah. But, uh... Jimmy Neutron should not be there. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, okay, yes, it was good. Like, as when you're a kid, like, it's a good, it's a good kids movie. But is it, like, Oscar worthy? Like, did it change the genre at all? Like, what? <sighs> like, Monsters, Inc. is great. Monsters, Inc. had heart, you know? Shrek really changed a lot of things. It was so popular. It was so, like innovative for its time i it's frustrating to think though that like like um what's his name he did boyhood oh richard linkletter did waking life okay which is like innovative in the space it's like a different way that it's like an adult animated feature for one Mm. but like the animation's different the storyline is different and that wasn't nominated, and that got a lot of buzz. Like, I don't really understand Jimmy Neutron at all, except for that awkward, like... Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> except for that awkward, like, um... What did you think of that clip? Which Like, clip? the Oscars clip of, like, <laughs> all the, all the uh, animated nominees attending the awards. Okay, well... It was interesting. Um, 
It's kind of funny. Like, I think at the time, if I was watching it and I was a kid, I'd be like, oh my god, that's so cool, you know? But, like, it's it's awkward watching it now because you look at, like, well, it's hard to tell with Shrek and Donkey, but when they pan to Jimmy Neutron and his dog, you can tell that those are empty seats and the people around are just acting like someone's around them. And I'm, like, curious. I'm like, is this... Because also all the people that are sitting around them don't look famous. So I'm thinking they hired actors or these are random people. Either they filmed this beforehand or they just have some empty seats around. You know, they had to they had to film this beforehand, I think. And they made it dead. Yeah. I just... What really got me, Nick, I don't know. Did you see the speech for the guy who um, accepted the award for Shrek? I did not. Okay. Pray tell, Brie. So this man, he gets up, he's going on, he's like, I want to thank so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. And then they cut away, the disrespect, they cut away from him to show Shrek and Donkey in the audience. And at the bottom it says, instant replay, and it's Shrek going, and Donkey like, going like, you know what I mean? They're just like, whoa, and like... They didn't need to show an instant replay. It wasn't like, it's not a football game. It's not like you hop out of your seat or anything crazy. They didn't do any touchdown dances. Like That's so rude. That's so funny, though, Nick. <laughs> you got it. It's like, this man's, like, giving a real, like, an actual speech. Like, it's... Well, animated pictures, too, they work, like, a very long time. Sometimes, actually, like, ten years, I've heard. Yeah. To, like, I, make something happen. I feel like the animation in Shrek, like, at least at the time, was pretty... It was pretty crisp and pretty smooth and, like, you know, it had its own style. But it was... I would say it's pretty decent. Like, um, the way they did the eyes, like, were almost almost realistic. Like, they had a... They have a glimmer in their eyes. They have a glimmer in their eyes, which I think was maybe hard to do. Not impossible, but, like, you also... If you look at, like, Monsters, Inc. Actually, if you look at... If you look too critically at any animated movie from the early 2000s, you're going to notice some yeah. little flaws, like maybe the character looks slightly dead in the eye or things like that. But I feel like in Shrek, it's still, it held up really well. For sure. I mean, I also think this is like the perfect year because like Shrek was so like a phenomenon. Yeah. Um, This was a perfect time to introduce best animated feature because if you did it in the 90s. Yeah. It would just not be fair. It would be like the best original score all over again because Disney and Pixar would sweep. Right. Oh, yeah. I think they – didn't they create this category because there were more competitors, I think, um, other than just Disney? Like, there's Pixar, DreamWorks, yeah, whatever other – Well, and like DreamWorks, this was like their first real success. In this form, I think. With animated. Which mm-hmm. is so interesting because when I think of DreamWorks, I think of animated films. I don't think of... I don't know. Maybe it's just because of Shrek. It's because of Shrek, <laughs> I think. Oh, I mean, it really changed the game. I know it's really funny in a meme now, but I do even remember a time where people were like... It was a true phenomenon. I don't know. Shrek was everywhere. Do you remember like the Shrek ketchup? I was about to say that. 
Yes, I do. I didn't have it, but I do remember Shrek ketchup. You didn't have it? No. It was so good. I mean, it tasted like regular ketchup, basically, but it was green, and it made you feel something. I love how I'm joking about being like a Shreky Brie. You're like the closest thing to a Shreky. That and like whatever the B-movie people are. But I think we were all a little bit Shrekies at the time. Like a little. That's true. Because of all the... Like if you... At least if you participated in those things, maybe you weren't so much... (laughs) It was still a moment, right? I feel like everything was green. Like, they were marketing so many... I can't even think of what else they had, like, Shrek products. Actually, I wonder if I can just do a quick search. Oh, my God. I mean, Shrek was huge. So, well, do you want to jump into kind of with the animated <laughs> film of it all? Yeah. While you're looking that up. Um, if I didn't have you for Monsters, Inc., one for best original song, um, but may it be... From Lord of the Rings was also nominated There You'll Be from Pearl Harbor until from Kate and Leopold and Vanilla Sky from Vanilla Sky. Yeah. So. So, yeah. But um, if I didn't have you from Monsters, Inc. 1. And I don't know if you saw Randy Newman's speech. I did. Because he's been he was nominated like 15 times beforehand. And this is the first time he won. Good for him, honestly. I mean, Randy Newman's like one of those dudes. I mean, you got a friend in me? I know. Come on. That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't he do the Toy Story soundtrack? Like, he did. He's done a lot of soundtracks, apparently. He's done a lot. He's worked a lot. I, like, looked him up after I watched, the like, his speech. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in, in the industry for so long. And, and I, to be nominated 15 times, too. But, yeah, that was a really beautiful speech. Yeah. And it, J-Lo presented it, which was funny <laughs> to me. I don't know why. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you think it deserved to win? I mean, I don't really. I think. Oh, there's a Chia Shrek. Um, I, I think so. Um, because. Oh, what else? So. Yeah, because I I've listened to the other songs and they're not really it. No offense, but I I get. This is another thing I want to say about the Lord of the Rings. I also think Enya probably helped. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Enya. <laughs> yeah, like that was a good choice. Like probably for the whoever is in charge of the the music, you know. If you're in the Shire, you want some Enya, right? I don't know, dude. The Shrek of it all, though. In an alternate universe, what if All Star? <laughs> by Smash Mouth from the motion picture Shrek was also nominated for Best Original Song. Okay, yeah. It's not made it's for not, the movie, though. Not, but <laughs> It's not, but, like, I know what you're saying, because I was literally thinking the soundtrack for Shrek didn't deserve any awards. Like, it didn't, but I guess it's all original. It's, like, original songs, right? Or scores. Like, they don't just... I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Really, is there a category though for like just the music making of it all? Like the no, there's not. Is there for bump and sound? I think there is a category in the Grammys for soundtracks. Okay, so yeah. Well, hopefully, somewhere Shrek was recognized as revolution because I feel like every song on that in that movie slapped. Um, Living La Vida Loca, All Star, <laughs> you know. Shrek 2 holding out for a hero. I was literally thinking... That was, like, the most epic version of that song as well. Yeah. That cover slapped. For sure. Um, yeah. Anyway. 
I mean, There You'll Be is a good song, though. It's from Faith Hill. It is. It is. It's a good Diane Warren ballad, which I feel like is like a staple for the Oscars. Diane Warren is probably like, she's like probably beat Randy Newman now for most nominated for Best Original Song because she's every year, even now, like she's probably nominated this year. Probably. And it's, they all probably sound like, I don't want to miss a thing. And I'm not hating. It's- probably. <laughs> She, like, really was like, oh, I I struck gold with this one, and she hasn't given it up for, like, almost 30 years. Yeah. I dig it, though. You can tell that she has her own style of songwriting, for sure, and same with Randy Newman. It's very, it's, like, very distinct, you know? And it's great for film. Yeah. I mean, where would we be without, like, our Pixar movies having a Randy Newman ditty or, like, you know, a big epic film without, like, a Diane Warren ballad? Yeah, that's such an interesting thing to me, too, that songs are created for movies, like, and they're not just, like, picking, like, you know, like, like it's not all a Shrek situation, like, people actually make music for movies, like. Or, like, a Sofia Coppola, like, I think that's, like, a, that's a take, though. Mm. That's, like, I think what some directors do, like, Spike, mm, why do I want to say Spike Jones? Not Spike Jones, Spike Lee. Yeah. How he uses music. It's, you know. To score his films. Yeah. Or to underscore his films. Like, I think some people, it's just, it depends. It's preference, I it's guess. It's a preference. It's director preference it's for sure. Yeah. Wow. Did you get your Shrek updates? Do we have Shrek oh, updates, Brie? Uh, I did. Updates? I, I found something. There's ogre-shaped. Now, I don't know what these are. These are marshmallow treats? I mean, they don't look that appealing, and I know you don't like marshmallows. They're called Shrek ogre heads. Ew! <laughs> I guess you, they're like little Wait a second. ogre heads instead of marshmallow normal shapes. Blech. Oh, vintage 2010. Vintage 2010? <laughs> That's not... Oh, Pop Secret Butter. Look, popcorn, green popcorn. Oh, Nikki, can you- Dude, Corn Shrek. Corn Shrek? Wait, what the heck is... Is it a Corn Flakes or like <gasps> checks? It's Corn Shrek. Oh, it does say Corn Shrek. Um, is that for real or is that Photoshop though? This says memes. I'm not... I don't know if I trust this one, but hold on. Shrek Pops. That seems... Re- There's Waffle Sticks. That was definitely real. Um... Honestly, I want to get some. I want to get some green popcorn. I could have swear a sworn. Oh, there's Rice Krispie. Sh- Look, see, literally all the snack foods from like, I don't know what year this would have been, but like, maybe it was. You know what? This is maybe two thousand. This is maybe later for Shrek Two, which would have been a few years later. Huh. I feel like they probably like Shrek realized- food products. Why did I just search that? That's true. Sorry. I- feel like they probably just upped the ante with the Shrek product placement as the years went on. Kid cuisine, <gasps> turn your tongue green with Shrek mac and cheese. Sh- yeah. Twinkies with uh, Shrek filling. Um, Dude, we need to share this. Late <laughs> to the party TikTok once we're not shadow banned. Yeah, for real. Come on, TikTok. We okay. didn't mean what we said about Cameron Diaz and the sweetest thing. Let us back in. I don't know if this Cheetos is real. Bake. I think that might be Photoshop because the Cheetos are still orange on the on the bag. But for Shrek the Third, isn't that a funny Photoshop? If they were really gonna put the worst Shrek, just stamp on <laughs> Shrek the Third. Anyway, I don't know, Nick. It's um, it's a fun thing to look at though. Oh, there it is, the Easy Squirt. Oh, do you remember Easy Squirt? We <laughs> had the purple one. What? A, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. The pur- why was it purple? Was there a theme there? Purple's a great color. <laughs> 
But um, anyways, back to the Oscars. Back to the Oscars. So Lord of the Rings won for Best Cinematography. Um, Best Art Direction was Moulin Rouge. Mm. Um, and just stop me if you want to talk or okay. about any segment. Uh, Best Costume was Moulin Rouge, Catherine Martin, and Agnes Strathy. I feel like they deserve that. Oh, 100%. Mm. I I mean, Moulin Rouge and, like, the costume, that's, like, that's the one that, like, feels so right. Like, how could anyone else win? Agreed. Um, Best makeup was Lord of the Rings. All right. Best film editing was Black Hawk Down. Best sound, Black Hawk Down. And um, best visual effects, Lord of the Rings, which which kind of obviously, yeah, they got a lot. Oh, you know what I wanted to say though? Yeah, something that I think. Well, because I think we skipped over maybe screenplays and things, but like I didn't realize Amelie came out that year. Yeah, I'm surprised. Amelie seems like a movie that would get a lot of Oscar love, and it didn't. It didn't right. I, that movie, Mulholland Drive and Memento, are movies that came out in 2001 where I was flabbergasted that, that like, didn't get any recognition. I don't know. It's so weird. I just, I remember seeing the previews for it and thinking, wow, this looks really good. But I didn't realize it was, like, I kind of thought it came out later in my mind. I didn't see it until, like, maybe six years ago or something. Oh, yeah. It was this, when you saw it. Was was that when we saw it together? Yeah, that was the first time I had seen it. But I loved it. I, I think it deserved more recognition because it was so – the style of it was really – um, it just stood out. You know what I mean? Just the way it was filmed and stuff. And then the Royal Tenenbaums, I still haven't seen that one, but I thought – It's good. I, th- I mean, I know it got a nomination for the – I think it was a Best Original – screenplay yeah it was a screenplay and owen wilson helped write that like what yeah no owen wilson like wes anderson and owen wilson went to college in texas together i didn't know that yeah i don't know i've i'm surprised about royal tenenbaums as well just because it you know wes anderson not getting any like oscar love until the grand budapest hotel is very interesting to me because I, I would, assumed. I would think also, because I've seen, like, Rushmore and Bottle Rocket, Royal Tenenbaums is, like, the first Wes Anderson where he is being a thousand percent Wes Anderson, like we know today, mm-hmm. and for the Academy really not to take notice in any other aspects besides screenplay is really interesting to me. Yeah. Well, because he's, like, a director and, mm-hmm. like, a... But, like, cinematography cinema- or, like... Yeah. Some something something. Yeah, I don't know. I was surprised though, looking at those nominations. And it's quirky, but I think in any other year, a lot of these films that were to, like an Amelie or Royal Tenenbaums or like even like a Mahal Driver Memento. Yeah, I think they would have gotten a lot more recognition. But I feel like this year, Oscar wise, mm-hmm. it was so much of like trying to like appeal to the masses. Yeah, Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Jimmy Neutron, but, like, Moulin Rouge, you know, like, yeah. I think in any other, like, I think nowadays, because of, like, the prestige and, like, wanting to keep up that, I don't think, like, Ethan Hawke would have gotten nominated for Training Day. I think only Denzel would have gotten nominated because he's Denzel, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like 
feel like it was just like a very interesting year in that way but then also beautiful because some you know like i said before like the performances were so good so yeah no i thought the performances were really they were really good like these movies made me feel something so that means they're you know doing a good job i think so i think that's all like that's what it's all about right even if it's like not the best you know what i mean even if you're like uh like it's kind of painful to watch but it's i feel like that's the beauty of film it just that it can kind of reflect the human experience and i don't know shed light on i don't know different you know perspectives and experiences that you might not experience otherwise yeah i mean you're supposed to feel something and yeah, I don't know. I think that's it's the beauty of cinema, you know. Yeah, but but I am excited. We we are gonna in like two weeks. We are watching um or not watching. Well, we are gonna talk about the two thousand three Academy Awards. Yeah, which is gonna be fun. It's gonna be very different than this year, where we're like it's like yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be a very different year. Yeah, um, it'll be very interesting. And I'm um, yeah, me too. And um, coming up, I think this Sunday. Shoot, the Academy Awards for this year are coming up. It's this Sunday, I believe. So the twenty. I don't know. This uh, month has flown by, right? But um, but yeah, still haven't seen the Power of the Dog. I know. I don't feel prepared. Like okay, <laughs> I feel like I've spent so much time in the past. In the, you know, 2000s kind of Oscars that I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I have a lot of catching up to do to see what's, what's good. Because I've seen maybe two movies that have, I don't know. Same. Been nominated? I, uh, was it PGA? Somewhere, maybe the BAFTAs, somewhere CODA got Best Picture. Um, and one of the other, you know, awards for award season. I'm really intrigued by CODA. So if CODA wins any major awards for Oscars, like, I am I need to see it. And that's Marley Matlin. It's, like, it deals with, like, the deaf community. So I think that's going to be really Oh, that's okay. I have heard of that movie. Yeah, you I were hear it's me. really good. That should be good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wa- It's like I kind of want to watch it, but at the same time, I'm like... Will I be lost, you know? I think it's in English. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I could always rewatch them later. I think it's fun, though, when you can predict. Like, I love predicting. Like, I feel like next year, I feel like this year I want to watch more films as they're coming out and really have some Oscar predictions, you know, Same. for next year. Oh, my God. Next year. Let's just, just give... um. The Oscar expert and brother bro are run for their money. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm here for it. Okay. Well, um, you can follow us at the late to the party pod on Instagram and LTTP pod on Twitter. Um, you can send us an email at the late to the party pod at gmail.com. Yeah. Write in any suggestions, comments, concerns, any movie club recs. Um, just say hey. Yeah. Say hey. Just, um, you know, everyone's been doing those emails lately, so. Emailing is big right now. <laughs> Emailing's huge. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
So I'm Nikki and, and I'm Brie. Yeah, we're late to the party. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.